Welcome to Two Lit Mamas, a kid-lit podcast for parents, teachers, and writers, and anyone who loves children's books. I'm Heather Kaufman-Peters. I'm the mother of one college boy, a former homeschooler, I'm a preschool teacher, and a writer. And I'm Margie Ozimet. I'm a mom of two boys, a middle school teacher, former homeschooler, and writer. Welcome to Two Lit Mamas, episode 55. Please join us as we go to dystopia. <laughs> as if we aren't already there. I mean, right? Oh my God. I know. I know. I feel like they're not the best idea for right now, but um, there seems to be a plethora of dystopian tales. Actually, yesterday uh, and this morning, I was listening to This American Life podcast from this week. Yeah. And if you wouldn't have told me that it was This American Life, I would have assumed it was a dystopian tale because it was all about the election fraud, election watchers and stuff. So I feel like our life is a dystopian tale right now. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I try to be positive. I mean, we have been here before in history, so hopefully we we'll, there? Hopefully we'll we get have. back out of it. I mean, we just don't haven't had like this huge force of mass communications behind it all, but you know, we have been in similar circumstances. Before. Oh, you mean fighting against the Russians? <laughs> Well, yeah, there's that. Waiting for the Russians to blow us up. Yeah, I guess we have been here before. It feels familiar. That was right? most of our high school or school careers, right? Let's watch Red Dawn and settle in. <laughs> That's a good dystopian Oh, my story. God. I'm feeling a little dystopian today because yesterday we had a day off. So I took my children out. We play pickleball, right? We're big pickleball players. So we were out on the courts and um, there was a bunch of people out playing and there were about eight geriatrics on the courts next to us. It's very popular. It was exactly. And there was it's 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 popular between the really old and the really young. I noticed that because there's a lot of people with little kids out there, too. And we were halfway through and the boys and I were just playing because we were trying to like teach the big one how to play. To which my little one kept yelling, just stick with soccer, man. You suck. Oh, no. He wasn't wrong. He was he was 100% not wrong. But um, halfway through, like, the, we're having a nice time. One of the old people leaves. And then I'm just like, I'm playing two against one, right? And this woman comes over and she's probably about late 70s. And she's like, why don't you come and join us? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm only 50. Stop. I'm not coming to join you. She's like, we need a fourth and you're really good. So why don't you come and join us and just let your kids play by themselves? And I'm like, well, isn't that boomer mentality? It's irrelevant that the, like, I'm obviously here with my kids. Spending time with your children. Right. And they're just I like, like eh, them. they're fine. Leave them let alone. Let them play by themselves and you come play with us. We need a fourth. And, and my older son is like, well, you were getting, what did he call it? He's like, you were getting scooped up for the big leagues, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just going to leave my kids. Thank you. So I can go play with the 70 year olds. Now, come on now. <laughs> But today I feel a little dystopian. I'm a little sore. Uh, this morning I'm like, am I really sore from playing pickleball? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I am. <laughs> that is the most middle aged thing you've ever said. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I got a pickleball injury. <laughs> I got, what's that called? Tendonitis in my elbow from pickleball. Uh, I told my kids, you know, I said, just wait. Someday I, when I get my new knees, I'm going to kick your faces in. This is it. I can I can kick your faces in now, but it's even going to be better. We'll see. We'll see. How's your pickleball game? Have you been playing pickleball over there in Indiana? I've never played it. Although we have, I know several people who do. And I passed the court the other day and I'm like, oh, look, 
the, all the older ladies were out there playing. And I thought, you know, I could life goals. I might wait another 20 years before I try it. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. I think it's good. It's very fun though. It's super fun. Yeah. I, I watched this funny meme about this woman saying, she's like, I don't play pickleball because everyone who ever plays pickleball once only talks about how they love to play pickleball. <laughs> so therefore I don't feel the need to. <laughs> it's true. But it is, it's like, it's fun. Once you start, you can't stop. That's fun. I like to have sporty things that I can play with my kids that are not aggressively violent, like they like to play because I can't play soccer with them to the level that they like to play soccer because I'm old and they will step on me and I will die. So at least pickleball, I can still dominate like bowling. Anyway, that's what's new over here. And it's fall and there are leaf peepers everywhere. And I'm about to tell them all to go home, (laughs) go back where you came from, leaf peepers. These are our leaves. Yes, we know they're beautiful. Yes, we see them all. Yes, we know the cranberry bogs are gorgeous. Yes, but we live here and I'm really tired of the tourists. Oh, listen to you. When you first moved there, you were at cranberry bogs every chance you got. I will still go to a cranberry bog. But when you can't, like when you're stuck in traffic in freaking the (laughs) middle of nowhere because somebody wants to stop off and take pictures of the bogs. You're just like, come on now. You're a local now. It's done. I'm wicked (laughs) angry. My kid the other day said, ma, I'm getting in the car. And I was like, this is it. It's done. We have to move now. I'm getting in the car, ma. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh. All right. Anything else new over there? Just celebrated our anniversary. 21st. Our marriage is old enough to drink now. Your marriage has been drinking since day one. Let's be honest. (laughs) I said said to my husband, our marriage is old enough to drink. He goes, and it will. And it has. <laughs> oh, that's funny because our, our marriage is almost going to be old enough to drive in a couple of weeks. Aw, oh, yeah, It will be 16 years. Aww. Sometimes you look at them and you're like, how have I not killed you in all these years? <laughs> because if I had, I'd be out of prison by now. I and mean, you would definitely be out of prison. <laughs> You're already and probably good. To- you'd probably be out for good behavior too. That kind of person. <laughs> of course, I would have been like the librarian in the prison. You, <laughs> you would <know>? have. <laughs> you you totally would have. Definitely, I would have been like holding court, sending people to do my bidding. <laughs> You've been trading cigarettes for stuff. <laughs> oh, you know, I've been making my own hooch in the in the garbage can or something. Yeah, I would have been that one. That would have been me. And I don't look good in a jumpsuit. So, oh, orange. Yeah. Orange is not so bad. I, I'm, I'm okay in orange, but I do not look good in a one piece. So <laughs> I don't, I do not have the midsection for a jumpsuit. It's probably best. I never went. Sometimes it's weird because it feels like you've been married forever, but it also feels like it hasn't been that long. Like you don't feel that different than you were when you were right. like 20 or something. And you're, but like, then you look back at all the things you've gone through together. You're oh, like, yeah. holy crap. Guess I'll keep you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's no point in giving up now. (laughs) Right. I don't want to start over. I have worked so hard to train you and there's still (laughs) so much to cover. So much ground to cover. I tell people all the time, I'm like, COVID like flipped a switch in me where I'm just like perfectly happy with my life and content with everything. Nothing upsets me anymore, really. I mean, I get like little miffed, but nothing major. Well, that's nice. That's a good thing, though. That's a really good thing. Now that our kids are back to school, I feel like back in in a school setting the little one i feel like we have more time to spend together things are much i feel much more chilled out like we yeah. had a i worked on friday we both worked half days and then we went and had lunch and went and had ice cream before we picked the other one up for school Aww. and then we texted pictures of ourselves having lunch and ice cream to our oldest son who was then like what is this what is wrong with you two and he's <laughs> like are you practicing for when i'm gone and we're like a hundred percent this is a hundred percent us practicing for when you're gone. <laughs> I took a picture and I sent it and the light was really bad. So I mean, my husband is a silver fox, 
but he's not like he does still have he's more salt and peppery than silver foxy but the light made him look really really gray and it was really bright sunlight so i had a lot of wrinkles and i'm like well now i guess we know what we're gonna look like (laughs) this is where we're going all right all right it's all good (laughs) oh my gosh dystopia we'll be there and old ready for it well should we get going (laughs) well i mean the end is near we don't have a lot of time I guess we better guess get to the better. books. <laughs> we better read some books before the end hits. Okay, let's get started. All right. So you chose a book about one of your favorite topics, which is not old people, right? Old mystery ladies. It's not old I mean, mystery That's one ladies. of your favorite topics, but what's your, what else you got in here? Yes. I found a brand new book about Ragnarok, the of Viking end times. And it Wait, was dystopian so Wait, dystopian Vikings? It's dystopian, but not like crazy dystopian. It's more about the end times. Okay, cool. Give it to me. The book is titled Fenris and Mott by Greg Vanekout. It just came out this year, 2022, and it is funny heartwarming and oh yeah it's about fenris the moon eating odin slaying world ending wolf from viking mythology all right okay yeah it is so fun it is so fun so it is about the end times but it's not super dark or dystopian really yeah mine was like that too not so scary end times i guess because since we're in the end times you can't write (laughs) scary books about them (laughs) yeah it's got to be funny and heartwarming so uh this Fenris in Fenris and Mott, though, is a cute, soft, cuddly little wolf puppy that our main character, Mott, short for Martha, finds in a recycling bin behind a convenience <laughs> store in Culver City, L.A. Um, she and her mom have just moved there, and her mom is a single you know, single mom. And so her mom is working a lot and Mott has a lot of free time because it's still summer. School hasn't started yet. And so she is uh, just hanging out around the city and trying to figure out, you know, find people to meet, hey, find places to go. She does root beer reviews videos. Oh, I love it. I love root beer. Yeah, she used to do them with her best friend when she lived in Pennsylvania. And currently her best friend is in Germany on vacation with her family for the summer. So they cannot communicate at all. So it's been really hard on Mott being in a new place. And she can't even just like FaceTime her best friend or anything. And she's been trying to do a few root beer reviews on her own, but she's not the same. It's not the same. And it makes her sad. And she posts one and everyone's like, where is that other girl? And like really hard on her. So she deleted it. And it was just kind of sad. So then she finds this puppy in the recycling bin and she promises to take care of it and protect it, which is a promise that gets her into a lot of trouble because it's Fenris. (laughs) So the whole story, though, is just so much fun. It's just this rollicking short adventure. It only covers like a few days. And um, all these different Viking people kind of come in and out and she meets a shield maiden, a Valkyrie. <gasps> yeah, it is. It's pretty fun. It, it's just such a fun adventure. And it's so cool because um, at some point she makes kind of this comment like, why is everyone here in L.A.? This seems a little convenient. You know how like in right, writing, right. writing, they say that you can do 
once in a story, but only once that if something seems a little too convenient, you just point it out and then you explain it away and you move on. And so that's it. They, they, um, so the Valkyrie explains that the worlds are colliding and everyone's being drawn to Fenris because it's the end times. And so that's why these worlds are kind of in and out of this area and the gods are in and out. So it was really cool. And, um, Mott has a issue with promises because she has an absent father who is remarried and has a new family and Uh. has made a lot of promises to her that he never keeps. And so she is serious about her promise to Fenris and she wants to figure out how she can save him. But of course he is ushering in Ragnarok as they're going about all of that, trying to protect him. I mean, a puppy's got to do what a puppy's got to do. I know. So it was just such a fun rollicking story. It wasn't too serious. I mean, you know how middle grade's always usually pretty good about handling anything too dark by kind of playing it off as not too serious, but, um, the stuff that happens is not bad at all. And it's funny and it's sweet. The puppy is hilarious. I just think it's a fun, it's like a nice lighthearted, like Halloween kind of read. I would totally love to read this to like a class of third or fourth graders. I think would really oh, love it. Oh, like the fourth grader that I have in my house. Do you think yes, he would like it? I think he would love it. It's a very short read. Oh, even better. Yeah, it's, it's only like 195 pages. It's a really short story. That's why I think it's like kind of perfect for that third, fourth grade, maybe fifth graders. And it'd be great to read in class because it's so short, right? You could get it done in a, over the course of a week, probably, I would think. Anyway, highly recommend it. Fenris and Mott by Greg Vanekout. Very nice. I like a twist on a dystopian tale. Me too. I feel like we have had so many dystopian tales of darkness. What was that one with the um, Volunteers Tribute? What was that one? Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. I feel like uh, coming off the success of Hunger Games, everyone sort of jumped on a dystopian train that they were all sort of dark and sad and depressing. And I kind of like, because it's funny, my book too was like a lighthearted take on a dystopian tale. So I think that's interesting. I actually read two. So I'm going to tell you about two books. Okay, let's hear it. Um, All right. So the first one I read is called It's the End of the World and I'm in My Bathing Suit by Justin Reynolds. It's a comedy. I would definitely say it's lower middle grade. It is published by Scholastic and it is his third middle grade book, which just came out um, just a couple months ago. So it's it's a brand new book. Uh, And our main character is Eddie and Eddie is a 12 year old in Northern Ohio. And he made a deal with his mom and his WBD, as he calls him, his wannabe dad or his stepfather father um, that he would do his laundry all summer if they would stay off his back, which is fine. And his mother, who is a busy attorney, agrees to this. So Eddie's plan is that he's just going to wear every single piece of clothing that he has until he completely runs out of clothes. And then he will do his laundry. So we are now at midsummer and all he has left is a pair of swim trunks, which are maybe a little too short, (laughs) but it worked out well because it's the beach bash day that he came down to having nothing to wear, but his swim trunks, but it didn't, no big deal because it was beach bash. Unfortunately, that's when his mother discovered what was in the closet. All of the stanky laundry that he was supposed to do all summer. So she grounds him from Beach Bash. Beach Bash is when the entire town heads. This takes place in Northern Ohio. They all head to Lake Erie for sort of some sun fun, you know, like a big kind of town festival. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So he's been looking forward to it. There's this girl that he might want to see there. Um, All of his friends go and it's always a good time. But now he's grounded and he can't go. He even tried to con his WBD into letting him go, but it didn't work. And he has got to stay home and do his laundry. His mother said when his laundry is done, he can come to Beach Bash, but he realized he has about nine loads. So that's going to be a while. Um, 
why did I go so long into the laundry section? Because for 110 pages, that's all we talked about. So it should have been a little shorter. (laughs) So out of, let me say, um, out of 290 pages, 92 pages, 100 of that is spent talking about laundry and the problem with the laundry. So that's my biggest gripe about this book is that nothing happens for a really, really long time, especially because it is called, it's the end of the world and I'm in my bathing suit. The world does not seem that we have no hints to the end of the world until well over halfway through the book. Then what happens is, you guessed it, the laundry machine stops running. And that's what tips us off, that we have no electricity because oh. the washing machine stops. Uh-huh. So when the laundry stops, he realizes that something's wrong. He tries to flip a switch and he tries to find the fuses, open the fuse box. And then finally, eventually in the last sort of quarter of the book, he finds out that there's some other kids that are also home alone. They did not disappear. There's a team of five of them. They decide to form a a unit and then they stole his stepfather's car. Spoiler alert. And that's where it ends. It literally nothing else happens um, because it sets it all up for what apparently will be book number two, which has not been teased or there's no information about that. But it really feels like it should have said part one. It's the end of the world in my bathing suit, part one. And then we would know going in that I would not feel satisfied that I'd read a book that I that I wouldn't feel like, okay, well, where's the end of the world? Because again, that's what you're waiting for the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're waiting for the inciting incident to happen, but it doesn't happen for a really long time. On a good note, it has a really great authentic voice. It is a Black writer. It is an all-Black cast of characters, which is fantastic. It is very authentic. The language in the book is very much what a kid would use. Um, even the language and the way that he kind of deals with his mom, his brother, and his stepfather, it's all very authentic. It's it's really strong. It's always great to see Black characters in a book, you know, especially an all-Black cast. He does deal really nicely with... His his father has died and his mother is remarried in a short amount of time. And the way that that Reynolds addresses that is really authentic. Having been in that position myself, I can say that that was pretty realistic. You know, like what has happened, how his mother, you know, like Eddie thinks that his mother's really nervous about going to Beach Bash because people are going to judge her with her new husband because she didn't, you know, her, her other husband hasn't been dead that long, which is, you know, totally true. Um there's just no action, like just nothing happens. And then small moments are kind of turned into like moments of action that didn't really need to happen. And I think that a good editor could have looked at this and shaped this book because we've all written a book that we've been so attached to that we don't want to cut anything. And that is the job of an editor to come in and say, wait, we need to get the action moving sooner. Let's go. Laundry can't be action. Let's move forward. And to sort of cut the first 50 pages and then start the book and we would have been off to something and then take us somewhere at the end instead of just sitting in a car and we're like, okay, well, what's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen. This happened in um, another series that we read as well. You feel really cheated. And as a young reader, as an old reader myself, but even as a young reader, I know my son said the same thing. It's like, well, I feel cheated. If, if I knew there were more books coming, then I would say, oh, okay, I would like read them at once or something like that. But you feel like I ch- chose this book because I wanted to read this book, not because I wanted to wait six months for the other half of the book to come out. If you're going to write a successful series, in our opinion, my opinion, and we have read many, many series, and we have a lot you know, of, of, of knowledge on this, I, I feel like. You got to wrap it up. Each book has to be its own story. Each book should stand alone. Yeah. It's not fair to a kid to do that. 
I mean, and we all want to sell books. We all want to sell more than one book, but you still have to give a, a satisfying, like you're literally giving me a quarter of a piece of cake and saying, enjoy your dessert. Give me a piece of cake. And then the ice cream on top is the next one. Mm-hmm. That's the next book. You know, the ice cream, I don't like cake and ice cream, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, give me the cake with then, you know, give me a glass of Merlot on the side. Mm-hmm. Now I'm ready. Like that's the next part of the series. So I feel like I don't fault the writing. I don't fault the author. I fault the, the, the publisher kind of let him down and sort of said, oh, let's make this into two books where I think that I, I doubt that that's where he was heading with it because it doesn't feel complete. The book as a standalone doesn't feel complete. So, and I would say that I thought I was alone. I always like to see, like when I have a really strong reaction to something, I always like to see all the reviews online to see like, am I the only person who felt this way? And the majority of reviews that I read felt exactly the same way. It was great to see these authentic voices. It was great to see these characters. It was great to see, hey, let's look at some black kids in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. That's awesome. That is some great representation, but let's give us a story. Give us a little bit more story. Because when you said it's the end of the world, I want the world to end. I mean, I want the world to end now. And what are they going to do? The one thing that was really dissatisfying for me is all of a sudden there was these weird fireworks over the beach. And Eddie goes outside and he sees these weird fireworks over the beach. And that was it. Who's the one that talks about the gun on the table? If you put the gun on the table, it has to appear somewhere else again. If you saw the weird fireworks in the sky over the beach then tell you, we got to see it again. You can't just never, ever touch on that again. <laughs> yeah. If there's a gun on the table in act one, it's got to go off by act three, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of a mixed bag. It's It's got its goods and its bads. And I, I think it's all about pacing and plot in this one where the problem is. It's not about the, the characters are fun and lovable and enjoyable. The setting is fun and, and interesting, um, but the pacing is just way too slow to, for me to enjoy it. But that was, you know, that's just my own opinion for what it's worth. In conjunction with this book, I also read another one because I wanted another take. And I, I'm trying to sort of, my little guy is a struggling reader. He, and so I'm trying to find graphic novels that are more, that, that are going to kind of work more in his favor to keep him reading. And um, so I read Apocalypse Taco as a graphic oh, novel for my second fantastic. dystopian one, right? And Apocalypse Taco is by Nathan Hale. Nathan Hale wrote, he's got this series of books out and it talks about like historical battles, but like the gross ones, like um, we read one about the Donner Party. Like they're sort of like historical books that kind of look at the dark side of history, more of an honest side of history or some of the weirder things that happen in history. Hazardous Tales by Nathan Hale. He's a um, he's the illustrator and the, and the writer as well. So basically this is a really fun one. It, they're, the mom is the theater director and they are doing a production of Brigadoon. Everything's running terribly behind. <laughs> and so she has locked a bunch of, including her twin sons. Um, and they're, uh, they, they've all, she's kind of like locked a group of kids in the theater overnight so they could finish the set for Brigadoon. P.S. Can't even like, all I want to do is like, go look up and watch Brigadoon now because yeah. it was like, it's so, they make all these references to Brigadoon that it's cracked me up. So the like they haven't ordered a big pizza, but all of a sudden the wrestling team comes in and steals all their pizza. They had just gotten back from a meet or something and they, you know, stole all their pizza. So she, the mom sends out uh, Sid in her car and her, the, the boys, the twin boys to pick up some like some McDonald's, basically McDonald's because she had some McDonald's bucks. Well, they get to McDonald's, but it doesn't seem open. Everything seems a little weird. Like as they're driving there, the three of them Sid and Axel and Ivan and um 
they're just like, well, something seems off. Maybe we should just go to this like taco joint right here. It's like Taco Bear or something like that. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. So it, there's a lot of people there, even though there's nobody in, out, out in the parking lot. So they go to the drive-thru. They get their tacos. Everything's fine. They didn't even charge them. They forgot to take their money. And they're just like, okay, well, if you don't want our money, we'll just go. They literally pull away from the drive-thru and start a tentacle start to come out of the taco boxes. <laughs> and basically the taco boxes come to life. And um, that's where sort of things take off. So the apocalypse taco, that's it's all comes from there. As they get back to the school, like the school is melting. It's all rubbery. The illustrations are fantastic. They're very simple, but they they definitely drive the story really well. The, the school's starting to melting and everything's sort of coming into like, I don't even like, it feels like everything's melting and turning to this sort of goo, right? Okay. They meet this figure in the street that is nothing but legs and arms. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 I'm not a monster. I'm a grad student. You have to let me in. So they put her in the back of the truck and they're like, okay. It's like, well, is she a monster? Like, no, she's a grad student. Let her in. Go. <laughs> so she helps them like navigate through things. And then all of a sudden she fights a monster and all of these like extra arms and legs come up. And she really is just a grad student who then explains to the kids that this entire mess has been started by her roommate, her graduate roommate, which we've all had those in grad school. Yes. I think this is why I enjoyed this book so much, who kind of like went off the deep end in his research and he made this all happen. So now they have to fight this to try to get back. My my favorite thing about the whole thing is they have one weapon to fight off the goo that keeps kind of like sucking them in. What, that weapon, guess what it is? What? A taco? No, what? It's an ice scraper. It's, an, it's a giant <laughs> ice scraper that she had in the truck. And they use the end of the ice scraper to like cut through the tentacles and the goo. And that saves them every time. <laughs> it was so fun. It's such a great one. I mean, you you can't apocalypse taco. Who's going to turn that away? Right. I oh, mean, yeah. Even the name alone is perfect. And it's from 2019. It was a little bit older, but I wanted to look. I was looking for like a fun. I was looking for a fun apocalypse tale. And that's <laughs> how I came across it. And it definitely was fun. So if you have an older reader um, or a reluctant reader or you just really somebody that's really into graphic novels, check out Apocalypse Taco by Nathan Hale. Super fun. Um, and definitely worth, definitely worth checking out. I love a graduate. So is it novel. just the three kids after they leave the school that are fighting the apocalypse? Well, the grad student helps them. Uh, and the grad student. Okay. She's, she helps them for quite a bit. Once she gets rid of all of her extra limbs. I was just curious if they had the rest of the kids were involved too back at the school. No, okay, they got, cool. they got, like, so they, there was this at the very beginning, they thought they were all still there. And then when they got there, they realized they were just like goose shells, even their mother, uh, like they, and then they turn around and see their faces and it's like hollow, really great. <laughs> Great pictures, not too scary, but like yeah. creepy enough to make yeah. you interested. So awesome. yeah, it was really, it was fun. <laughs> and then it makes you want to go, you know, like watch Brigadoon. And I, you know what? I got to say, having been a theater teacher and like gone through those hard nights of like getting things ready for it, all the stress that goes into a play, it's always really nice to see something that's not like centered around uh, this. The beginning of the story is centered around an athletic team or like a sports team going somewhere or like, you know what I mean? It's nice to see it kind of like go to the theater. The theater kids, yeah. yeah. And it was totally, it wasn't like, you know, anything didn't spend a lot of time dealing with Brigadoon, but enough that it made you feel, I, I felt seen. 
I felt so. Yeah, it was good. It was very fun. Apocalypse Taco. So check it out. Those are my books. Well, that wraps up our book chat. I read Fenris and Mott by Vanikow. And I read It's the End of the World and I'm in My Bathing Suit by Justin Reynolds and Apocalypse Taco by Nathan Hale. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with this week's Pick 6. Pick 6. Welcome back. Uh, Margie, what is our topic for this week's pick six? Well, it's fall, y'all. That was my basic girl. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go get my pumpkin spice latte and put on my Uggs. And then, hey, girl, it's fall, y'all. Uh, anyway, for those of us that live in the fall zone, we kind of feel, mm-hmm. have the fall feels up for a lot longer than everyone else. I know. We keep it going we have a as lot long of fall. as we can. Yeah, we have a lot of fall up here in New this England. This is my favorite time to do the podcast, too. Like, once September hits, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fall. Um, but so we thought we would talk about six recommendations. Well, see, this was Heather's idea. Let me clarify. <laughs> Heather decided that we should do fall movies that make you feel all kinds of folly. And I immediately went to darkness because that's where my soul is. So she's going to maybe give you the feels, all the fall feels, like the Hallmark Channel. But... I'm going to the dark side. I full on have Halloween stuff. Oh, right on. Give it to me. All right. Excellent. Um, The first one I wanted to share, I just watched it. And honestly, it made me think of Margie the whole time. So I had to bring it up. But it's called My Best Friend's Exorcism. I've heard really good things about this. (laughs) It's on Netflix right now. I will say it's probably not younger kid appropriate. I would say high school age. Like my 14-year-old and I could get down with that, couldn't Yeah, we? and because the reason I say this is it's set in the 80s and they did the most authentic job of 80s nice. teenagers possible. But because of that, there's a lot of like raunchy, stupid sex jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. But the whole thing was the most authentic 80s thing I think I've ever watched. And it is hilarious and it is so fun. And it's about these two girls who are best friends. One's blonde, one's got dark hair. Mm, <laughs> hey. And um, they're out partying at a lake house, right? Shocking. Total 80s. Drinking Boone Strawberry Hill. <laughs> And one of them goes, and of course, there's the little cabin in the woods that has the story about it where there were kids sacrificed there and all kinds of stuff. Total 80s. The girls wander off from the rest of their friends and they, because they're tired, one girl has the obnoxious boyfriend and they're tired of him. So they wander off and they're like, ooh, let's try to scare ourselves by making ourselves go into this haunted shack, supposedly, right? That never ends well. I know. It turns ugly quickly when one of them gets taken over by the evil spirit demon that lives inside the cabin. So, and then it just goes on from there where she progressively gets like meaner and crazier. But her best friend's like, something's wrong, right? And of course, she's mean to her best friend and they fight. I kind of liked it because you know how in, I don't know, sometimes girls were portrayed as being like mean to each other and having these like yeah. petty arguments and stuff like that, especially when we were kids, that's how women were portrayed. And I love it because her best friend never, she gets upset with her and she gets, feels separated from her, but she never quite gives up. She thinks something else is going on. And so she figures out that she's got this demon living inside of her. And uh, it's just such a fun, crazy, hilarious story. I just thought it was really cute. And it's a good story about friendship and all that. I love hilarious horror. I love like funny, scary movies. Yes. 
It's like things we, what is that? Things we do in the shadows like that, like that level. I love that stuff. Me too. And because I can't, you know, I can't do super scary, real <laughs> creepy Yeah, me stuff. neither. No, those saw things can go. No, no, Yeah. No. Anything with clowns. I'm like, no, thank you. I've been trying to watch like a Halloween-ish type of thing. Like, you know, at least once a yeah. week or once a, I don't know, probably more like once a day, <laughs> really, really. But, and so then the second thing that I recently watched was, okay, so like any other kid from this time period, Hocus Pocus is, of course, one of oh, my favorite yes. nostalgic movies. Love it so much. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch it with your kids. It's so good. So the new one just came out, Hocus Pocus yeah. 2. And I didn't like it quite as much as the first one, but it yeah, was nobody really did. fun. I know a lot of people said that. And most people I talked to about said it, but I thought it was still kind of fun. And for a newer generation, they probably will like it. But the best part of the new one was at the beginning, you get to see the Sanderson sisters, like when they were kids and their origin story of what happened. And it's pretty funny. The actors that played the children were so good. I mean, so good. I couldn't believe how great they were. And then also... The main actresses, heck, it's been 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. Since they did the first one or something, 25, 30 years. I don't know how they made them look exactly the same, but they were pretty darn close. And yeah. they looked fantastic and they fell right into their roles like nothing had changed. And it was really fun. Well, and it's driving the hordes to Salem. Let me tell you what, everybody's out oh, here coming really? to Salem now. Yeah. Really? Just because of Hocus Pocus? Yes. Yeah. Well, they did. Of course, you know, they did a lot of hype in Salem. I mean, it doesn't oh, take any. Sure. Everyone comes to Salem. Salem and, this, this time, time of the year. Yeah. yeah. I actually went to Salem too one time. It's pretty fun. It's only an hour away. And I just know it's always like, it's just a because you have to drive through Boston and no one likes to drive through Boston. Uh, I, I, I hate it. Like, unless I'm going to Maine, I don't want to go through Boston. It's a pain in the butt. Because you're local now, right? I know, right? <laughs> well, it's five years. I mean, it is five years. So I guess I am. Get in my car and go. <laughs> get my donkeys. Stop at the packy. I don't like the pats though. I always get my blueberry uh, donkeys now. Blueberry donkeys. Because I, I taunted you. I know. I know. I, know. I love it. I'm hooked You should on hear it. people go rampant over like, oh, you know that donkeys. We had like four donkeys in town, P.S., right? Every town has like four to five donkeys. Oh, uh, you know the one over on Tremont. They don't even... They don't, I waited in line three minutes before I got my donkeys. <laughs> For God's sakes, people go to the next one. There's four more. There's the only thing there's more of are dispensaries and liquor stores. That's it. That's all we have here. We don't have anything. God forbid you need sneakers or something. We don't have that. <laughs> but if you need weed, you need coffee or you need booze. Massachusetts has got you covered. Got you covered <laughs> in spades. All right. What's your third pick? Okay. So I was feeling kind of nostalgic, obviously, when I picked my stuff, but Escape to Witch Mountain is the last one I put on my list. Oh. Um, it's a Disney the, movie. There's a new one too with The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. With The Rock. Yeah. So the first one came out in 1975. I don't know. I went through a whole phase. I think it was like last fall, honestly, where I watched all of the Yes, versions. you did. Yeah. You went did through I talk a, a very this? 70s version. <laughs> yes. You watched yeah. all the old Disney I do, yeah, I watched Escape to Wish Mountain. The first one came out in 1975, which you can find it. I think I got it like on either on Prime or Netflix. I think something. it's on the old Disney, on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, it might be on mm -hmm. Disney Plus. You're right. Um, and then there's like Return from Witch Mountain as a sequel. I think there was like a TV show to movie. It was. Too, I remember that being scary. Do you remember that one? I don't I don't know if I found I must have watched it. Scary by one. like seven-year-old standards. Right. You know? 
And then there was a remake in 1995 of Escape to Witch Mountain, which I don't know if I found that when I was digging through because now I'm curious. I have to go back and look. But then there was a 2009 version, Race to Witch Mountain, and that that has the rock in it. And that was good. So these are not, and it's a little bit misleading called Witch Mountain because it makes you think of like Halloween and witches, but really they're aliens which is kind of cool. I know I gave spoilers because in the first one, you don't really figure that out. Came out in 1974. If you're given a spoiler that no one knows, (laughs) that's on them. That's like when people are like, oh, I just gave a a Star Wars spoiler for the love of God. It came out in 1976. Good point. Good point. Okay. But the one with the rock in it, the kid, it's pretty obvious very early on that they're aliens. So, um, but any, I just love those movies. When I was a kid, I love an alien movie. I love the one, the first one from 1975. I still think it holds up. It's so great. I mean, it's basically about these two kids who seem are seemingly orphaned and then they get sent to this orphanage and then this wealthy millionaire wants to adopt them because that happened to me. Because he thinks he knows who they are. And, you know, so he's on to maybe that there's something supernatural. And uh, and then they get saved by this old grandpa guy in an RV. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. And then similar in Race Switch Mountain, there's, uh, well, the rock saves them, of course, or tries to get them away. And they're, of course, wanted more by, like, the government or something, I think, or some technology. But we had to, like, give it a little, what was that show that we used to watch? Mulder and Scully. Yeah, we had to give it a little X-Files twist, right, for the newer version. Like, like it's new. Like, the, like the X-Files is new. We're so old. We are so old. Like, we're, right? we're so old. All well, right. Well, this came out in 2009, so it's a little bit older. That's but, true. That's true. Yeah. So those are my three. My best friend's exorcism, Hocus Pocus, the first one and the new one, um, Escape to Witch Mountain, whichever version you want. <laughs> I prefer the original. But... I can't believe you didn't say Beetlejuice. <gasps> oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I didn't say Beetlejuice because I thought you would say Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice. You're right. Me too. such a good movie. <gasps> Now I got to go watch that one today. I know, I right? I just watch watched it. it last year with the kids. I think I have to watch it again. Oh, I love well, that one. Okay. I will I will not put Beetlejuice on mine because I already came up with three. So I have to say my, my first and foremost one that makes me think of fall and talks about my darkness is the old Sleepy Hollow movie Ooh, with yes. Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci yes. because that always gives me this like sort of fall in, you know, like all in, the in, fog in that movie. Yes. And, trees. and it's trees. That's when yes. I thought we were still going for the fall vibe. I'm like, oh, Sleepy Hollow. Then I'm like, well, let's talk about what's true. So <laughs> like what I really like, my oldest son and I are obsessed with campy horror movies right now. Okay. So like, I don't know if you know the classic Lamageddon, where the llamas come from the dark side no. and they yes it's horrendous absolutely horrendous um that's a big favorite of ours lately we of course love the sharknados um right. we have been going through so i have ma- been making lists swamp thing we look we watched that the other day young frankenstein like old campy stuff but now i'm really into like the campy 80s so our next one that we are uh, have on on deck is Tales from the Crypt. Yes. I used to re- remember that was on the like Friday nights, the show version, yes. and it was so scary, but good. So I'm getting him hooked on Tales from the Crypt. The original one came out in 1982. And um, I feel so like good. somebody, uh, I think Stephen King wrote it. He wrote the the script for it is what Did I was. Really? When I, yeah. So it's, they're fabulous. That's the original movie where that's where we're starting. And then we're going backwards. 
I got to tell you, I don't know about other people, but we have, I think we have both Paramount and Peacock because why? Not because we watch any shows on those, but because they are full of soccer and all the European Ah. soccer leagues can be found on Paramount and on Peacock, the the apps. They also both have a wealth of movies. Like they have a ton, like they have all the Chuckies, the Chucky movies, all of that. Oh my gosh, that Chucky movie scared the crap out of me when I was. I know, right? Um, Godzilla, the old Godzilla Mm. ones, all of those, those are all on there. So anyway, if you're looking for old camp, check out both Paramount and um, Paramount Plus, you should say, and uh, Peacock. Paramount Plus, I think has better ones. Anyway, we have Paramount Plus for Star Trek. So, right. You only get, you have to buy the whole streaming service. so You can watch one thing. And then you're like, why am I paying all this? Yeah. Mine's just for soccer. One of them's got the champions league. One of them has the Spanish league. One of them has the Mexican leagues. My family, this is it. I hate them all anyway. (laughs) So the other thing, which is very exciting, which I think everyone should know about, because I just discovered this last week. So my son and his girlfriend were trying to go find a movie and he's like, I don't really want to go to something scary (laughs) because she really likes scary movies, but I'm not really into like the scary, scary movies. And I'm like, you don't want to look like a wuss, right? Understood. You're 14. I get that. They're cute. They're they're like best friends more Aww. so than girlfriend, boyfriend. You know, they're cute. So um, I said, oh my God, you should go see Halloween 78. What they did is they re-released Halloween, the 78 version, the original Whoa. Mike Myers version in the movie theater. And they said it was so fun. They yeah. had a ball. They loved seeing it on the big screen. Yeah. Of course, they're babies of, you know, like they weren't even born until like 2008 or but they loved it. He said it was really fun to see this old movie, but you got all the screams and it was still scary, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like as scary as a new scary movie. Right. So um, Halloween 78 is in, re- in theaters. It's been re-released because the new one is Halloween ends. And that I think is coming out on Halloween, I think. Ah, and that's so where they're... Jamie Lee, our girl, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to end the story. No way. How she's cool. going to, she's coming back. Cause my son said at the beginning, there was a preview for it at the beginning. And then at the end, they kind of gave you a little bit more information. And at that one, she's going to like end the story. That's she's going to put it all to rest and they go back oh, against cool. each other. That's awesome. So now I probably have to go see Halloween ending with him mm-hmm. when it comes out. But yeah, so Halloween 78 and that's what it's billed as is Halloween 78. And that's the original one. That's the old school 1978 version of Halloween, which is so fun. I love it. I love it. Bring all this back. Bring know, the blob back. So bring fun. those old ones. I love them. Yeah. Do not bring back Nightmare on Elm Street because I'm not <gasps> making it. I did not make through that one in oh. 1989. I am not making it through. No, when was it? 87? I had nightmares. I, I was terrified. I was so scared. I wouldn't walk outside. It. I couldn't. Yeah. It was terrifying. I'm sure now it's probably the special effects are probably kind of funny to watch, but oh my gosh, it well, was so scary. I don't know if it was the special because of the special effects, but like uh, my, his girlfriend's mom and I were talking about it because we were both saying, oh, at least it's not Nightmare on Elm Street because neither because mm-hmm. we're the same age and um, we wouldn't, we're like, well, we'd never send her to see that one. And she said the same thing. Like, I was so, I think it's because it like, the, it kind of screwed with your head. Well, yeah. The concept of dreams is something you can't sleep. control. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was so scary. Yeah, so. And anything can happen in a dream. And oh, the puppet one was the one that just freaked me out the most. Yeah, I I mean, there's all the classics are out. You can find like My Bloody Valentine, um, you know, like all of the Halloween, Friday the 13th. All of those are Mm -hmm. back out again. And kids love them. Kids absolutely. Because they all are into all things 80s retro. 
That's true. It's very so popular it's a big, right now. It's a big thing right now. Yeah. It's, it's good to be from the 80s right now. Yes, it is. Yeah. So those are our hits. See, you thought maybe we were going to give you like, what was that one? November in New York or Love in the Air. <laughs> no, none of that. Not with this. Not with these dark souls. <laughs> Hail from the crypt. So, enjoy your fall, y'all. Yeah, I get a little creepy out there. Well, that wraps up our pick six. I hope you enjoy some of those movies. Um, what's on deck for our next episode, Margie? Well, you know, we got to keep it going. This of is course. your, you, you love the spooky season. I do. So we're going to keep it going with our Halloween episode. So next Perfect. up, I have chosen something from our girl, our fright master, fright mistress, I should, as we should say, uh, Lindsay Curry. So I cannot disclose anything right now because I've made two choices, oh. but I have to see which one gets here first because- I can't decide which one to whoever I couldn't decide between a brand new version of hers and an older one of hers. So Ooh. whoever gets here first will be the winner. We'll see. Ooh, I love Whichever it. Whichever book anything, gets here first is, her is amazing. I know. So, right. I can't I love wait. Her. Love so her. And what are you reading? I'm going to read Witchlings by Clarabelle Ortega. Ooh, nice. That's I know. Good. I got it. Actually, got it this summer. So I'm really looking for it. It's been sitting on my pile for waiting for this episode. So I, I will be wait. stuffing my face with candy corn while I read mine. And you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's my favorite Halloween treat? I do like a good like Chicago style popcorn, like the caramel and cheese popcorn. <gasps> You don't find that outside of the Midwest. That's some good stuff. Oh, really? That's yes. Amazing. I mean, I know it's Chicago style, but but yeah. we were just the boys and I were just talking about that. Do you remember when you were in Indiana and you used to get that when they'd mix the caramel with the cheese? Yes, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's my fave. So I'll be eating that, and you'll be having your candy corn, and we'll be and set. my cranberries because it's cranberry season. Oh, know? that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> can I tell you though, if you like candy corn, which is a hit or miss, to be love or hate, if you combine three dry roasted peanuts. With one piece of candy yes. corn, it is a taste of heaven, like a Pearson salted nut roll. It's the best. That's crack. Right it's such there. an easy, simple thing to put together too. And it tastes so good. And hashtag, this is why I'm fat. Oh, <laughs> but maybe pickleball will work it off me. <laughs> All right. That wraps up this episode of Tulip Mama's podcast. If you like what you've heard, leave us a review and share us. We'll love you forever. And I mean, if the review's bad. Then I'm going to put on like my Halloween mask and, oh, can I be like Mike Myers? I could. I could get a Mike Myers mask and then I'll haunt you because you gave us a bad review. But anyway. We'll be coming for you. It'll be the end times. The end times. Yes. And I will be in my bathing suit. That's enough horror. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to join us twice a month for Kidlet Discussions, please subscribe to the Two Lit Mamas podcast through any of the places you get your podcasts. And if you want to know what's happening in our world, you can follow us on two TWO Lit Mamas podcast on Instagram, two Lit Mamas on Facebook, and on our website, www.twolitmamas.com. Have a wonderful week. Go watch scary stuff. Yes. Have fun. Bye. Bye.